On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we've got a completely jam-packed episode. It might be the most packed episode we've ever done. We're talking Women's World Cup, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup Game 7, U.S. Open Golf, Futures Football for College Football, and who knows, maybe some more stuff. So stick around for episode 35 of Double Down Trent. Double down trend, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. Ibaka trying to stay with Durant, knocks it away, and Durant's limping. Durant goes down, holding his leg. Ibaka goes up, and it's fouled down the other end. And Durant grabbing that right leg. USA fans are celebrating this one. You don't see 13-0 results at a World Cup, but you saw it tonight. Alex Morgan, five goals. And the Bruins are forced to gain seven by a score of five to one. Welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host as always. And once again, I am joined by my buddy Aaron. What's going on, bud? We are in the throes of illness and sickness here. You're going to be able to hear some screams in the background, hopefully happy screams. Um, But I'm excited to be back. We've taken a little hiatus. Yeah, man. Summer months. But hey, like we said, we've got kids in the background. We always get a little guest appearance from my dog, Coco. So it's just part of the program, folks. You signed up for this. They are gluttons for punishment, and they should be uh, enjoying every little scream that we're hearing. <laughs> well, as you alluded, we're on our summer month schedule. Took a little hiatus, but we are back. And not only are we back, we have got one of the most loaded, full shows we've had maybe ever. Back with a vengeance. We're doing a little world tour of sports today. I'm like, I'm a little overwhelmed and a little excited all at the same time. Sam, so we're going to be addressing everything. Uh, before we jump in, I had a little special request that I was asked. Um, a good friend, a big Uh-oh. listener of the pod, Uh-oh. Matt and Mary Beth, they're getting married this weekend. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I cannot attend it because I'll be going to a different wedding, my buddy Dickie and his lovely fiance Ashley. But regardless, I'd like to wish them both a great wedding. Congratulations. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So we've got literally everything. We've got soccer. We've got basketball, we've got hockey, we've got golf, we've got football, and maybe even a little bit of baseball. We've got literally every fucking sport you could possibly think of. It's going to be just a smorgasbord, if you will. Smorgasbord. All right. Well, where are we going to start? Let's start with the – should we start with the Women's World Cup? Let's go there first. That's most recent in my mind, and I, uh, I love to talk about the beating. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was incredible. Now, I'll be honest. I didn't watch the game. I do like watching the Women's World Cup because the U.S. is fucking dominant. And they flexed their muscles yesterday. So they won 13 nothing against 13. Thailand. 13. Wow. That's insane. That's a football score. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a serious football score. And I think that might be the most goals ever in a World Cup match. I believe it is. Alex Morgan, what a freak of nature soccer player she is. She had five goals in one game. That is just unbelievable now a big takeaway from this all of a sudden the internet culture the outrage culture people are getting soft people are complaining that the u.s team should have taken it easy at the mm-hmm. end and laid off the throttle mm-hmm. now i got some thoughts on this what, what is your take 
I would love to hear your thoughts because to me, 13 and 0, that's that's a lot. And they yeah. were celebrating. So I, I'm a little I'm a little nervous about it. Listen, my my take is this. Okay, come on. It's the world fucking cup. <laughs> These are professional soccer players. It's not kids, okay? It's not people that didn't want to be there. It's the World Cup. If you can't compete, and if you have problems with them scoring 13 goals, hey, how about you just be better at fucking soccer? Why don't you play a little better, Thailand? I got no issues with it. And on top of that, if I may add. Please. This is the the round-robin qualifiers, correct? So God forbid if you end up in a tie in the qualifiers, what's the tiebreaker? Goal Goal differential. Yeah. Yeah. So – I got no issues with it. They don't want to tie. I know they're the best team in their little qualifier, but still, what if they you know, have a fluke loss and it comes down to goals? I have no issues whatsoever with this. Score as many goals as you want, and it's some of these players' first time in the World Cup. If you finally made it to the World Cup stage and you score a goal, you tell me you're not going to celebrate? I would celebrate, yeah. I would celebrate too. I'd be doing the same thing. I'd be doing that cool little knee slide that the soccer players do when they score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So let's say you slow things down at 10 and you don't go to 13. Like you really, what are the odds that it's going to come back to bite you in the long run? I mean, who's to say they didn't slow down. They're still that much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were subbing people out, you know, it's not like they were, you know, dominating and you know having the first string. I mean, you can only sub so much in soccer, but right. I mean, how do you, how do, it's, that goes against everything you're taught as a competitor to pull off in the throttles. Now, if this was some like 10 year old kid game, fine. I'm fine with that. You got to learn sportsmanship, whatever. That's fine. In the World Cup, I no, 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 no. Fucking eliminate them. Okay, so can I provide you with another scenario for a second just so I can get your take? Let's hear it. Let's say it's Sunday night football. Okay. New York Giants against the Dallas Cowboys. All right. The Cowboys win, let's say, 56 to nothing. Yep. Fair? Too much? Yeah. No, of course it's fair. And if I was the coach of the Giants, I'd be in the locker room and be like, guess what? You don't like that we lost 56 to nothing? Fucking do something about it. <laughs> Let this use your motivation. And you get, that's professional sports. Again, it goes back to me. You don't want to be embarrassed and lose 56 to nothing? Play better. Okay. Be a better coach. Be a better team. Right. Well, use that we, as motivation. You heard it here first. Ryan is comfortable with his Giants losing 56 nothing to those uh, beloved Dallas Cowboys. Now that's a classic spin zone there. I did not say it was all right with that. I don't want that to happen. I'd be, I'd be miserable. I'd be pissed. But as a player, you can't be upset. Got to accept it. Got to accept it. That's part okay. of the game. Well, the next USA game is on Sunday, June 16th, uh, at noon Eastern time against Chile. The line that is set for that is USA favored by four and a half goals. If I had to put you on the spot, you go in four and a half over, or are you taking Chile plus four and a half? I mean, that's a wild line for a soccer game, four and a half goals. But from what I know, they're they're an incredibly dominant team. They just won 13 to nothing. I gotta take I gotta take the USA. I'll take them to cover that. I'm with you. I'm biased and I don't care. I'm I'm going I'm going yeah. USA and not and granted, that one. I know nothing about Chile. Hmm? Like I said it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would take them to cover four and a half. I, you know, based on the way they just played, I don't see why this can't be like a six nothing game. I agree with that. Wild stuff. Okay, should we do a little NBA Finals action? Yes, we should because it's very pressing. I'm really glad we got one more game. So right now it's 3-2 to two, Toronto. Uh, we really got to cover Game 5 that happened on Monday night. So we're recording on Wednesday. Game 5 happened a couple nights ago. A few things we had down. You put down a pretty good uh, or an interesting bet that we'll 
we'll talk about. Um, but a lot happened in the game. So before we jump into the game, what happened, let us know about your bet, and then we can kind of break it down and go from there. Okay. And this, my bet was obviously I lost. Not shocking. You, you need to tell me to stay in my lane. <laughs> Only bet the things that I know. Um, so with game five coming out and in the recent news that KD, Kevin Durant, was actually going to play, I actually bet the money line on Toronto. Um, now, the couple of reasons for that. One, KD hasn't played in weeks, almost a month. A month I think it's about a month, yeah. Yeah. Um, I figured that he, even though he was coming up, coming back, he had done some light you know, exercise, had scrimmaged a little bit. I didn't think he was going to be 100%. Um, as well as Toronto was home. So I really liked them being home and having the crowd and all that stuff. So I ended up taking them at a near coin flip, which I thought seemed to me like positive EV. Now, this is, again, to me where you need to tell me to stay in my lane because I don't know jack shit about NBA. Although it was a close game, which we'll get to, but I ended up losing that bet. Um, but I liked the public was coming in, and you could see the line moving toward Golden State's favor. So I waited as long as I could and then uh, took it. I mean, from your standpoint, logic-wise, not a bad bet. It really wasn't. They're at home, chance to clinch, chance to win their first championship ever for as a franchise. So I don't hate the bet. I think we were texting. I said, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards Golden State, especially because I thought or you know, Durant was coming back. I thought yeah. that was going to give him a little bit of an edge. Even if he was just out there and kind of was you know, a shell of himself, it changes the floor. It changes the way they got to cover the Warriors. So I, I, t- I was leaning a little bit towards the Warriors. It ended up being an incredible game, but let's, let's do Durant first because that's kind of the, the big takeaway from this. He comes back. And I believe, did we get an update? I think he potentially tore his Achilles, right? No, it's come out. He's had surgery. He already had the surgery. Wow. Yes, he posted on Instagram. Wow, that's bad. So, you know, there's a couple of things here. You got to commend him for trying to come back because a lot of people were chirping that, you know, he had he was invested in the Warriors. They thought maybe he was drawing this injury out a little bit and like he was just going to play his cards. I mean, it sucks. It's, it's a terrible thing to see. You don't want to see him get hurt like that, but... Uh, he really put his body on the line to come back and, and play for his team, which you got to like. And not to mention, I don't know what his stats were uh, off the top of my head, but I think he hit, you know, in the first or second quarter, three three-pointers, and he was just out there. I don't even know how he was pulling it together, but he was just having a huge impact on the game. Yeah, he was dominating. I think he had like 12 points in like 11 minutes or something, something crazy yeah. like that. And I wonder, too, how how hurt he was even in that game. Like, was it progressively getting worse, or was it just a complete blowout? But um yeah, tears, tears the Achilles. It's not good for Durant. It's not good for basketball. It's not good for the Warriors. I'm a Knicks fan. I was really sold mm. on us getting Durant, which I think is still possible. But um, well, well, and talk me through that for a second. So do you think that changes his future of where he lands or how teams approach him? Or what do you think gets altered there? Because with an Achilles injury, he is out, what, a couple hundred days uh, yeah. most of the season next year? Yeah, I mean, we we uh, we shared a little stat here, so we'll go through how long it takes, but it's probably going to be about a year almost for him to come back. I initially, when I heard it was an Achilles injury or an, a potential tear, now confirmed tear, my thought was it, it would really ruin his free agency to the point where maybe he decides to opt back into his contract with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would leave that leaves a lot of money on the table because if he were to go as a free agent, he's eligible for like a super max extension. Max. Yeah. Yeah. If he extends his contract, I think he's making something like 30, close to $30 million, but he could be making more with a super max. Um, so I initially thought that was it for him. Like he's not going to be able to get a contract, but the more I'm hearing, the more I'm reading, 
it sounds like teams are still interested in giving him that super max and you're just going to bite the bullet that you don't have him at all next year, which is kind of crazy. Well, I almost wonder if it helps them build toward the future that they could kind of pull a little Philadelphia, let's rebuild the program over a couple of years that they know he's not going to play likely at all next year, maybe a little bit. And it would let them play some younger guys and likely do pretty poorly so that they'll end up with a pretty good draft pick. So then in two or three years from now, you're seeing an absolute stud team with a couple first rounders as well as KD and really have that rebuilding uh, kind of happen over you know, a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, that's a real trust the process. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. do like that logic, but at the same time, you know, you're dropping $37 million on a player that's not even going to step on the court, you know? Yeah. So it really hamstrings what you can do. I guess if you're a team like the Knicks, where, you know, you know you're going to be terrible in this year, maybe probably even next year, especially if Durant's not going to be there, I guess it gives you an opportunity to load up on another draft pick that could be near the top. I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's going to end up getting a free agent deal. He's still going to opt out. He's that good of a player that he's probably going to get these opportunities, but it really changes things and it makes it very interesting. So can you read off? I know the stat that we've got here. So uh, notable players coming back from a torn Achilles and how long. Yeah, I was, I was pretty surprised by this one, by the number of players who have had this and have come back and then two, how long it's taken. So a couple of guys that you've probably heard of who have had Achilles injuries in the past, uh, Boogie Cousins, Rudy Gay, Kobe Bryant, Chauncey Billups, uh, Dominic Wilkins way back in 1992. And each of those guys, it's kind of been anywhere from like about 220 days to 357 days with Boogie Cousins. So, you know, you're really expecting this guy to take almost a year, if not just a little under, maybe 10 or 11 months to rehab and and, and get right. And then even then, he may not be 100% back on the court, but at least he's there. So you got to think Durant, whole next year just given the timing of his injury is likely going to be out yeah and like you said that the timing of it really plays into it too because it's the end of the finals there's only two games left so that when you factor in how long you're out for an achilles if that team that he goes to doesn't make the playoffs he didn't play at all you know so he's gonna be be missing almost a full year plus of basketball potentially it's huge and speaking of the finals 538 has given Toronto an 82% chance to win the series, um, likely because they have you know two more games, possibly only need to win one. One of those is home, one of those is way away. Um, I didn't see a series price for um, gambling in terms of those odds. So the next game price, which is on tomorrow night, Thursday night, we're recording on a Wednesday, um, Golden State is favored. They're likely to win about 59% of the time, which is a minus 143. Toronto is plus 123, which is implied probability of 45%. So to me, if you're a big believer in 538, you got to be like liking those Toronto odds and maybe they close it out while they're away in Golden State. Yeah, I mean, Toronto's been playing as the better team the entire series. Even the two games that Golden State has won, Toronto played better. They were the better team in both those games. You know, last game, game five, Golden State had a pretty big lead early, um, especially when Durant was in and then... They chipped away. Toronto actually took the lead. And I was going to text you, but I didn't want to curse you or jinx you because in game five, Toronto came all the way back. And at the end of the game... Didn't have to. (laughs) I didn't have to jinx you. You already did. Uh, Toronto came all the way back, though. And it was impressive. Quiet at the end of that game took it over. Like, I thought that game was done. He went on a run where he made two deep threes and then two other buckets. He rattled off 10 straight points points. to take the lead. But Nick Nurse, the coach of the Raptors, all of a sudden takes a timeout. With about two minutes to go left in the game at that point, it was so asinine. I rolled over to my fiance and I was like, what are they doing? She was half asleep. She didn't care. (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? Because he just now killed all the momentum. The crowd was going nuts. 
Kawhi was playing like a possessed animal. And by taking the timeout, they now gave Golden State a chance to regroup, call some plays, and dial up some uh, some screens to get some open threes. And sure enough, that's exactly what they did. Clay hits a couple threes, Steph hit a three, and they yeah. came all the way back and held on at the end there. So I put that loss on Nick Nurse, the coach of the, the Raptors. But I do like these odds. I think Golden State's got a chance to send it back to Toronto for Game 7. But if I had any uh, any chance to bet on the series, I'm taking Toronto. And like you said, 82% chance. That's huge. And I know they interviewed Nick Nurse after the game, and he said that he was just looking to get his player some rest. I think there was about two minutes left, or about three minutes left in the game. And then there's some limitations in how many timeouts he can call within under three minutes. So he wanted to do it right before that happened. So that was his rationale, but obviously it came back to bite him. And if they had won that game, no one would question it. But they obviously yeah. did not. See, and I, I think that's bullshit. It's a terrible timeout. I think it's a bullshit excuse, too. Why do you need your guys to regroup? You just came storming back to take a lead. You got Ranged. all the momentum. The other team was gassed. You gave them time to, to regroup. I actually think he did it as, like, a victory lap. I think he called the timeout being like, yo, we got this game. I'm going to let this sink in a little bit. Let the crowd enjoy it. Let the players enjoy it. And it fucking backfired on him. Well, speaking of possible Game 7s, we have a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Finals. Woo, baby! There's no better two words in sports than Game 7. And to make it even better, this is to decide the cup. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, For those who don't know, Stanley Cup is NHL hockey, which we never talk about and will likely never talk about unless it's something (laughs) like this. Um, The St. Louis Blues are playing at Boston, the Boston Bruins. Uh, That game is tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, so starting here in about an hour. And I have to ask you, who are you liking in this? Do you do you care? Uh, I don't care who wins. However, I've got to pick. i got to say, though, this, there's a few things about this series that's been interesting. It's been back and forth. There's been no real um, you know, swaying factor of who's got home ice. It's been just whoever played better. And i got to say, in the last couple of years, since coming to Washington, D.C., I've gotten into hockey. I've become a Caps fan. I've really enjoyed watching hockey. Hockey comes down to a hot goalie, a couple of bounces here and there, and making sure you don't commit stupid penalties. But I think the Bruins have the advantage here. Tuka Rask, the goalie for the Bruins, is playing out of his mind. There's an expression in hockey that a goalie is standing on his head. I don't know why that's an expression. (laughs) It makes no sense because if you're standing on your head, you're not going to save shit. But he's playing out of his mind. He, they got a better goalie. They're at home. I'm taking the Bruins. Who you got? Okay, not so fast, my friend. Woo-hoo, you dropped a corso on me. I, I'm taking St. Louis. Okay. And I am taking St. Louis against my better judgment because they are the underdog in this game seven. And I'm taking them for one reason reason that's totally degenerate. There was a guy named Scott Barry. Apparently, he lives in St. Louis. Okay. Who, who put a $400 bet down on the St. Louis Blues to win the Stanley Cup in January of earlier this year. Now, at that time, St. Louis was in last place in their division, and they were at 250 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup. So basically, if his $400 bet comes through, he wins $100,000. That's nuts. That's insane. So... I am purely rooting for the Blues just to see him win some money. He's already said that he refuses to hedge because he's gotten enough uh, enjoyment out of the $400 he's put it down. So I'm going to be the biggest Blues fan tonight and hoping that he actually wins some money instead of going down in just absolute flames. Now, two thoughts here. Why in the hell would you not hedge that bet? 
Uh, he's got bigger balls than me. Me too. I would be hedging like a freaking maniac here. I'd be putting down a huge bet on the other way. I don't know. I'm not good at the math on this. We'll do a whole episode on hedging, I think, come football season, because I'm sure we're going to get there on football. I'd be hedging, so I don't know what he's doing, but that's crazy. That's a ballsy bet. I got to say, though, real quick, before we switch topics here, there's one thing, and it's bad juju for the St. Louis Blues. And let me tell you what it is. I think I know where you're going with this. John Hamm, the actor for Mad Men, diehard St. Louis Blues fan. I respect the hell of that. He was rocking a really thick, powerful playoff beard, as one does in hockey season. Sure. Got to grow it. Got to grow it. He shaved it before game six. Too soon. What are you doing, John Hamm? Too soon. You can't do that. That's such a bad mojo. Yeah. I, that, I actually I actually also heard that I heard some players touch the Stanley Cup. Whoa. I heard that that See, they had touched it either after game five or prior to game six because they were assuming yeah. that they were going to win. It was going to be theirs. So that's where I thought you were going with the bad juju. They've, they've been worse. doing some multiple stuff. Yeah, that's I don't double. like it one bit. Oh, man. I like, the, I like the Bruins then. Put your bets down, folks. All right. Well, we will know uh, likely when this podcast comes out, either later tonight or tomorrow, that will be decided. Yep. Um, but you can be- you can get it here now. You're taking the Bruins. I'm going with the Blues, and we'll see uh, who is right. All right, baby. All right. Let's move on to our next sport. Oof, I'm getting tired. We are now on to what? Golf? Golf, baby. Okay. And in golf, we have the U.S. Open coming up this weekend. We're recording on a Wednesday, and the first round is likely tomorrow, correct? Yep. Starts tomorrow. Um, goes through the weekend. We're at Beth Page Black. No, US, no. we're at Pebble Beach. We're at Beth yes. Page for the PGA. My bad. Yes. We are at Pebble Beach. Gorgeous course. One of the best looking courses out there, folks. That was in a Trump voice. <laughs> and what we're doing for this is exactly what we did for our Masters tournament uh, a couple of months ago. We are each going to pick two golfers, and we're going to invite the listeners to join us in this little golf challenge. And we are going to take each of their rounds and average it out to see which two golfers do better. Yep. We did this uh, for the ma- for the Masters. You won by a stroke, I believe, or two. So really close. Uh, yeah, it wasn't close. No. It wasn't close. It was close. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you had the first pick last time, correct? I believe I did, yes. Okay. We're flip-flopping. We're going to topsy-turvy this one. I got the first pick. I figured I'd give you a chance this time. Yeah, I like where you're going there. <laughs> now, this was not easy for me, my first pick. Okay. Because... My heart's telling me one thing. My brain is telling me another thing. So, with the first pick, I am taking Dustin Johnson. Ooh. Dustin has won a U.S. Open. He plays really well in the U.S. Opens. He's got great short game. Now, the U.S. Open is known for having really hard uh, and thick roughs, and you got to be able to chip. you got to be able to putt. Dustin is really good at that. He's playing hot. He's been in contention at, uh, you know, he was in contention at the PGA. I like the way he's playing right now. Give me DJ. All right. He was actually on my short list of one of the people that I was going to consider. Okay. And I believe uh, when I last looked, he was either the favorite or one of the favorites. He was at nine to one to win it all. Yeah. And, and when I looked earlier today, I saw him at uh, plus 2,500. Um, so we'll okay. see. I actually looked at uh, both Bavada and other places. So Bavada's odds were freaking crap just for the yeah, record. They were all over the place. Um, so, okay, so he's your first pick. Now I'm going to do my next two, and I'm going a little unconventional here. Ooh, baby. So I'm staying away from Tiger Woods. Okay. I'm staying away from Brooks Kepka. Kepka. 
Kepka, thank you. Okay. I'm going to go with my first pick. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay. Whoa. Okay. So this okay. Is- <laughs> Talk to me here, man. What's, what's the model reading? <laughs> so this is a guy who's been playing pretty well recently. He uh, Last week, he played at the Memorial Tournament and won. Um, so he's been hot recently. Uh, a couple weeks prior to that, at the PGA Championship, he uh, finished tied for third. He's a, a, a younger guy. He was an amateur, um, a pretty good amateur for, I think he was like ranked number one amateur for the longest period of time, played uh, at UCLA for a couple of years and has had an okay, I'd say professional golf career, um, but recently has been coming on hot and I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to be rooting for him and he's going to continue. All I'll right? be honest. If you had paid me a hundred thousand dollars, not that you'd pick Patrick Cantley to for me to pick him out of a lineup, I don't even think I could recognize his face. Yep, I, I think that's that goes for both of us. But um, he's got good odds, and like you said, he's been playing really good golf. So I don't, I, yep. I guess I don't hate the pick. Yep. So we'll see. My second pick, a little unconventional. I'm gonna go Webb Simpson. Oh, Billy! I'm gonna take Webb Simpson. So Webb Simpson has also been playing pretty well. He tied for second at the Canadian Open last week. He is a guy who is near and dear to my heart. He uh, is a Wake Forest grad. Um, so he, I think, I'm not sure if he was my year in school or maybe a year uh, below me, but he was there around the same time. So I'm going to ride my Wake Forest roots and take Webb Simpson uh, to, to come in with a, just a good performance this weekend. How about that? Yeah, he's 33 years old, so he probably would have been in our class. Okay. I got to say, those are shocking picks to me. <laughs> shocking picks because in my heart of hearts i really wanted to pick tiger woods because he's dominated here he's won here he won in dominant fashion but that was a long time ago i mean you you made it too easy for me i gotta how can i not take brooks kepka i'm gonna be rooting for him yeah so i'm taking kepka that's my second pick all right i don't think i need to explain it the guy's a freaking machine in the master or in the majors I got Kepka and DJ. You got Webb Simpson and Patrick Cantlay. I'm a little worried. I'm a if little I worried lose about this, it. I swear to God, I'm, I'm <laughs> so mad. I'm going to need a, another Dr. Melfi session. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how this goes. I, I may be regretting this. I mean, we'll see. But hey, you never know. That, that's why golf is a crazy sport to bet on. You get really good odds, but obviously it's because it's a crapshoot. You never know. Total crapshoot. So if folks want to join this competition and pick two golfers, they should tweet at Double Down Corp. Um, send us your golfer picks, and we will include you when we review this next week to see how we all have done. And I'm looking forward to beating you one more time. Not so fast, my friend. I think I'm oh, taking boy. this one. If anyone was paying attention, I got the guys who – now, granted, there's not much of a correlation between how you did in the last major versus how you're going to do this major. True. In the PGA, Brooks Kepka won it. Dustin Johnson came in second. Third, second. So just saying. Just saying. (laughs) All right, my friend. Well, let's get to the potentially last sport that we're covering here. So for our listeners who were paying attention, uh, our last episode, we covered some futures bets. And Air, why don't you just give a quick rundown for those who may be new or uh, weren't listening last time about what exactly a futures bet is. Yep. So last episode, we did the Pac-12 college football 
and we talked a little bit about uh, who would likely to win the Pac-12 uh, conference championship. And my big thing that I liked, uh, I think probably two weeks ago now, I really liked Utah. They were, uh, I had found them at plus 800, which was right around a 10% chance to win. I thought they were significantly better than that, more likely to win uh, the championship than around 10 or 11%. Um, so the futures bet is something that's going to happen in the future. It could be a day, it could be weeks, could be months. Um, and we had talked a little bit about covering a couple of the football conferences and just pulling out things that we thought were uh, worthy to discuss. So this week, I wanted to bring you a couple more. I wanted to go back to my roots, ACC football. Woo! Love it, baby. Now, ACC is a really good conference. Uh, it's been dominated, though, by Clemson recently. So give us some numbers here and let's see what you're talking through, thinking through, and uh, we'll give you some feedback. Yeah, and Clemson is still the gold standard, so they're currently the most likely to win, and I think that feels about right. So the number I'm seeing for them is right around minus 300 for them to win the conference championship, which translates to about 75% implied probability. Um, If you think about Clemson, you know they have a couple things. Their hardest game is early in the season uh, at Syracuse, Um, and when I say early in the season, I mean for their ACC conference. Uh, implications only. I know they do play Texas A&M, um, but that obviously doesn't matter for the ACC conference. Um, Clemson is returning uh, some decent folks. So they're ranked 53rd in returning production overall out of 130 teams. They are getting back 77% of their offense and wow. 52% of their defense. 77% of offense is wild, especially because that offense is already lethal. Yes, just a total juggernaut. And that 77% ranks right around 26 overall. So they're nearly in the top 20%. Um, I guess they are in the top 20% of that returning production. So you'd imagine that their offense is going to, again, just be a total juggernaut next year. Yeah, and Trevor Lawrence is just playing out of his mind. A lot of people are saying he could be in the pros this season. Like he's that polished, he's that ready. Unfortunately, the stupid rules that he's got to play another two seasons. Yeah. We'll see, but you know, he is he's fantastic and he completely won me over in the national championship game. I had watched him, I saw him, I knew he was doing really well in Clemson, but man, he's got the poise. He went toe to toe with the Alabama defense and just lit them up. I'm really curious what he does for an encore because I think he looks looks to be the best player out there this year. Yeah, so when I look at Clemson, I just don't see them losing really. Now, you know, minus 300 is a, is not a great number. That's not something I want to bet with such a long time frame of waiting for the conference championship to happen. So I tried to change my perspective a little bit and start looking for other teams that I think may be able to meet them in the conference championship. So um, I had to re-educate myself. Uh, Clemson is in the ACC Atlantic Division. So then I started going through teams that were in the ACC Coastal Conference and the two teams that kind of piqued my interest was Miami, Florida, and Virginia Tech. And I want to focus a little bit on Virginia Tech. Okay. Let me let me tell you why I just want to stay away from Miami for a second. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, um, they have a number of changes, both in terms of coaching and quarterback play, that just make me uneasy. As, as the model, I like continuity. I like stableness. So because you know, it might be positive changes for them, but I'm just not willing to be able to think I can quantify kind of how those, the program and the new QB coming in are going to kind of work out. So I'm kind of giving them a bigger question mark. And to me, Virginia Tech was something that I could easier wrap my mind around. Okay. It has nothing to do with Miami and their overuse of the turnover chain, does it? Ooh, I love that turnover chain. <laughs> it was fantastic at first, but now every team is trying to like steal it and copy it. 
So it's kind of run its run its course, in my opinion. And for listeners who don't know, the turnover chain is when the Miami defense got a turnover from their opposing offense. They got what? They got to put a chain on their neck for the the, the game. Yep, a giant, big, badass Rick Ross style gold chain. Gross. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about Virginia Tech for a second. First of all, all right. wait, can I jump in real quick? I like Please. your logic of picking a team from the other conference because Clemson's getting to the championship game. There's really no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good job by you there. All right. Give us some tech number, some tech numbers. Okay. So uh, Virginia Tech is again in that ACC coastal division. So we're hoping that they're going to be able the ones that are coming out of that division to play Clemson in the final in the ACC championship. Now, do I think that they have a shot? Maybe, maybe not, but let's just talk about them for a second. Um, Virginia Tech, the odds I'm seeing on them is about plus 2,000, which translates to 5% implied probability to win the ACC conference. Let's talk about some of the reasons why we think this could work out. So, number one, they have a returning quarterback in Ryan Willis, who actually played pretty well last year. Pretty good. Um, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. And he's just totally in the driver's seat who's owning that team. I think he's a redshirt senior uh, at this point, and their backup quarterback, Josh Jackson, has transferred. So it's really him or no one uh, to lead Virginia Tech. So I'm hopeful, I assume, that he'll continue to play pretty well. Um, their returning production is even better than Clemson. So they're ranked 11th overall out of 130 teams. They have 60% of their offense coming back and 96% of their defense coming back. That's pretty good. That 96% of their defense is that's even more ridiculous than Clemson's offense. That's that's a huge advantage. Yeah, and that 96% for their defense is ranked number one overall. That's the most returning people uh, year over year for any team. Yeah, it's got to be. So you'd really like to think that defense, who wasn't great last year, they were okay, uh, will hopefully improve a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, if you're bringing your entire defense pretty much, I mean, what that might be losing like one or two players from your defense – you got to hope that another year of continuity together is going to make them gel a little bit. So we'll see how, if they can improve on that, but that's crazy numbers. And for context, their defense last year uh, gave up about 31 points a game. That was ranked right around 85th out of 130 teams. So, you know, lower than average, um, a game that sticks out in my mind, I know because I had bet on it so heavily was they were playing Georgia tech on a Thursday night at home. And I loved the position for Virginia Tech. I, I forget what the line was on it. I was on them heavy, and they just got totally rolled. I think for Georgia Tech scored something like 45 points on them, and they didn't even have to throw maybe one pass max, and it was embarrassing. And that's one of those like insider gambling bets that the savvy people know about. Virginia Tech at home on a Thursday night, that's almost always a must bet, and they laid a fucking egg against Tech last year. Yeah. So I'm hopeful that they're going to be improving both in the offense and defense. Um, And here's also why I think their schedule actually helps them. So they have no Clemson and they have no Florida state on their schedule. They essentially control their own destiny with their quote unquote big games at Miami, Florida, and then they're home against Pittsburgh. Um, So to me, those are very winnable games for them. If this team improves and shows up and it could very easily find itself uh, in the conference championship against Clemson. Clemson. Yeah. I mean, not having them on the schedule in the regular season is a huge advantage. They're clearly the best team. Florida State's been up and down. They had a pretty bad year last year, but they're always a deadly team. And like you said, I always worry about Pitt. They're one of those yeah. teams that just kind of sneaks up on you. They don't they do not do it flashy. They don't do it sexy. But they end up beat, winning these like big games. They pull up a huge upset every once in a while. Those are the two games you got to watch out for. You know, On paper, Virginia Tech should beat them. But like we saw last year, you just kind of never know. 
So I'm curious, but I do like all of your logic. This is the model at its finest is picking out logically. Yeah. And so I'll just say, this is one that I have not bet myself. I'm likely not to bet just because I think Clemson is the the clear winner in this division and at minus 300, it's just not worth my, uh, the time to invest. Um, but if I was interested, Virginia tech would be the one that I would consider, but I do really like Utah from last week. I mean, tech at plus 2000 though, if you, if you're throwing a $5 bet down, if you can afford to throw away five bucks, you never know. Or you wait to see if that odds go up even a little yeah. bit more and you can get something better. Yeah. And then that's when you would hedge, which we'll get to in football. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, too, I really like your Utah pick. Um, you sent me a podcast to listen to. We're not going to shamelessly plug them, but uh, they, they're on Utah as well. I think that's a savvy pick. I, uh, I'm actually going to join you on that pick. So I'll, I'm not going to place it yet, but I'm going to get in there. If you notice any money line changes uh, on that pick, Air, please shoot over to me because I would like to get in on that Utah pick. Well, lucky for you, I've been uh, I've been tracking that odds weekly. Oh, so I will I will tell you exactly when you can find something good and when you should stay away. Hell yeah, man! I like it. Um, all right, we cover just about every possible sport. We're gonna leave you with a little teaser for next week. We have a popular segment where we pick the best movies for a given sport. We've done golf and we've done basketball well folks it is the heart of baseball season we're approaching the dog days of summer we are going to be doing the best baseball movies now i gotta ask you you've lost both movie competitions it's been how do you feel how do you feel going into this competition i think this is my moment no no i know this is my moment i think the listeners will get on board with my baseball picks and they will like my baseball movies better than whatever garbage you're picking. Okay, well, let's uh, let's give them a little teaser. We did uh, pre-record this segment when we, while we were together. So we were in person. I got to say, you had the first pick. Yeah. And, and that, that was a huge factor. I'm not going to lie. But I stand by my picks. Given the draft board that was in front of me, I really like my selections. So you guys are just going to have to tune in next week. And, uh, and see, we're going to put it out as a vote like we always do. So everyone will have to, uh, to vote and see who you think's got the better movie picks. I think that's it for this episode, bud. I think we got everything. So I'm good. We got some kids. We got some dogs. It's time to rock and roll. That's episode 35. We'll see everybody next week. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.